Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I am the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church. And today with me across the Zoom screen is lead pastor Paul Eastway. Hey, how's it going? It's going all right. How are you doing, Paul? We are doing okay. Trying to get through this thing and, uh, you know, these restrictions yeah. and the pandemic. You know, we look back on some of these conversations. I'm sure we're just going to be thinking, you know, just shaking our heads and remembering all of this stuff. But, you know, we're on again, yeah. off again, on again, off again. And um, But yep. glad to be talking about Sunday and having the opportunity to use technology to our advantage to be able to help everybody stay connected. So that's pretty cool. Indeed. And it feels appropriate that this series is all about waiting, right? Um what's uh what what what's coming next and kind of living living well in this situation yeah. where we are waiting almost like we did it on uh, purpose currently yeah it's uh, <laughs> amazing how that works uh so we're going through the the books of thessalonians uh these wonderful little epistles in the new testament uh and this week you were in chapter three um, do you want to give us a little recap or do you want to just jump straight into some tough questions? Well, I mean, we can do both. I mean, the quick recap is, you know, <laughs> how do we, you know, we talked a little bit about the idea of pain and suffering and hardship and persecution yep. and, mm-hmm. and specifically how do we wait in the middle of the really hard stuff? You know, how do we, because I think mm-hmm. a lot of us would rather just, just get through it or get, um, get through it, uh, get over it, you know, get, yep. get taken out of it. I think that's our, our, yep. you know, our main kind of way of doing it. So. I loved you. You said on Sunday, you know, if most of us were really honest, we'd probably look at pain and suffering as the thing that God got wrong, yeah. the thing God should have like worked a little harder at to, to make right. Yeah. Um, and yet, the Bible presents kind of a different image of pain and suffering, right? Often, often suffering and hardships uh, are what bring biblical characters to the point where God is working in some amazing ways through and around them. Yeah. Um, so, so how do we make that shift? Um, like let's, let's assume we all agree that's true. If you don't know that's true, there's good resources. We can get you some, but, um, how do we make that shift to, to embrace suffering and to find fullness and life in it without kind of seeking it out? You know, it's a, that's a, it's a fascinating kind of thing to think through because there are, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess there's more, but it seems to me there are two different sides to this. You are either in the middle of tremendous suffering and difficulty, or you are Mm. not. And those of us who are not are surprisingly able to have a really robust and big picture of pain and suffering. And we're able to look at it from different angles, but when you're in the middle of Mm. it, it's not that easy. And so I guess I yeah. would say to start this conversation is that, you know, I, I talked about on Sunday, you know, when the Apostle Paul was writing to this church, he said, you know, like um, he said, I, I, I sent Paul to st- or to sent Timothy to strengthen and encourage your faith so that no one would be unsettled or unshaken by the trials for, you know, quite well that we are destined for them. And that's where I started this whole idea. Hmm. We need to expect that hardships are going to come. And with yeah. that in mind, I think that the way that we can make the shift that you're talking about is to, in the good times, have the conversations, write things down, think it through, so that you're prepared mm. when the suffering comes to see it in a different yeah. in a different way. I don't think it's very fair for us to go to someone who is in tremendous pain and say, "Oh, don't worry, God is using this for good." I think that's I mm-hmm. think that's hurtful um, because when people are in pain, we need to come alongside them and put our arm around their shoulder and weep with them. You know, like. And, and, yep. and allow that kind of, um, allow them to kind of work through that. And I, and I, I guess I said on Sunday again, like, I don't think that we have to, we have to somehow say that our, our problems or the bad things that we face are objectively good in order for God to work yep. through them. I think God works through them, even though they are objectively bad and that's okay. Yeah, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like we can, I think we can separate those two things. 
yes, you're, what you're going through right now, it stinks. It's terrible. But that doesn't mm. mean God can't use it and we can't be strengthened through it. So that's, I think, the, 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 the balance there is that, you know, um, you're asking the question, how do you go? Like, how do you make that shift? Well, it depends where you are. If mm. you're in the middle of suffering, sure. we'll talk about it later. <laughs> if you're not in the middle of suffering, let's talk about it now so that we can be prepared. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I read, uh, to start our Sunday morning service from Psalm, it's either Psalm 73 or 75, uh, 75. Yeah. Okay. I was just double checking to make sure I wasn't crazy. Uh, and, and the Psalms are full of these weird, weird things, right? They praise God. They thank him for being good, but they also have these moments of like, God, would you crush my enemies? Would you like relieve the suffering? Right. Would you, would you work us out? And I think there's something, um, and it's not it's not really surprising the church often will cite the more kind of uplifting psalms like those are the easy ones to yeah. kind of go to those are the ones that get printed on little gift cards and all kinds of things but i think there's a good reason that that we have the psalms and the imprecatory psalms the ones yeah. that kind of call down <laughs> vengeance on our enemies and the things that are causing us pain and suffering um and it's funny cuz i i think we're right as uh, believers to think you know violence bad we shouldn't actually want evil on our enemies and yet we've got these psalms that allow us to pray through those feelings and i think one of the best ways that i've found to deal with suffering is actually to go back to those and be like i'm in good company here um god is still in charge god is still at work um another i'll, I'll just one of my favorite books i've read in the past couple of years is a book by a woman named kate bowler called everything happens for a reason and other lies i've loved to believe uh, she's a brilliant theologian uh, who got stage four cancer and kind of wrestled with this idea of of suffering and what it meant for her personally. And it's a great uh, it's a great reminder. I read it when I wasn't, you know, as I haven't been going through great suffering, but just a great reminder to me to not be uh, not be kind of glib and and quick with my answers to yeah. my friends who are going through a lot, yeah. but to be with them, like you were saying, right? It's not we don't go to them and say, oh, God's God's got it. He's going to make it everything good again because that doesn't like while that may be true it doesn't often feel like that and that's not like i think there's something about going through the depths of suffering with people that's really important yeah and i think um, and i think present. what paul did so and, and i mean the apostle paul in the new mm -hmm. testament so you talk about these the way that it, it's you know violence and wanting vengeance and asking for god to smite enemies in the old testament yep. in the new testament we see a different approach and i think that the mm -hmm. difference is the cross because what happens sure. in the New Testament, and I didn't, I haven't gotten into this too much with the Thessalon with the books in the Thessalonians um, to this point, but I think it is something that's underlying it all, is that God uses tremendous suffering in Jesus to bring about His incredible plans, right? And so yeah. what Paul talks about is this idea of joining with Jesus in His suffering, and so mm -hmm. there's this idea that you know we. Um, the, the shift I think in thinking for Paul is that he now approaches suffering as a, um, sort of a co-bearer, you know, like as a, as someone who, mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. holds this because we follow Jesus who suffered and died for us. And so the suffering ha put, takes on this new meaning, you know, when we see God use it in this incredible way. And so when, when Paul is talking to the churches, he doesn't pray for them to be, you know, taken out of their suffering instead he prays yeah. for them to endure it and that's the thing that yeah. is is really interesting because because in the same way that jesus um you know didn't escape the punishment he he went through it and and made something mm -hmm. beautiful out of it 
um, you know, something absolutely amazing. And I think that connection to the cross is what is different in our reality um, as opposed to a, a bit of a darker time when, when we couldn't really yep. see the justice of God, we didn't really understand it. Yeah, for sure. And I love that the idea um, that we go through the suffering and not around it. Right. Uh, and I, I, I think that that kind of flies in the face of a lot of our culture. I think um, I'm going to use this as a, a transition point too. Uh, you know, we, we live in this kind of post-industrial uh, post-scientific world where where we have answers and we have technology and we have abilities to get around things pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not I'm not suggesting we should you know not take medicine or not listen to doctors. I think that's wise to do those things. Yeah. Um, but there is like we do have kind of these easy escape mechanisms, and sometimes it's good to actually just to to be aware of our suffering and to to become. Um, I want to say friends with it. Maybe, maybe that's too strong, but, but to, to, to learn how to cope with it without trying to escape it all the time. Uh, and, and transition here, you talked on Sunday yeah. as well about spiritual warfare, uh, about yeah. these spiritual powers, which we see all through the Bible, but, um, we don't talk about a lot in our churches. We don't talk about a right. lot in our conversations, at least in our tradition and our context. I know there are some, but like, honestly, um, having, been raised in this kind of tradition, you know, the people who talk a lot about spiritual warfare and demons and stuff, they're kind of crazy, aren't they? Like, mm. how do we, so how do we, how do we live in that tension there? How do we appropriately become aware without kind of going off the deep end and taking it too far? Well, I, I think for, first of all, we have to realize that the gospel itself is foolishness. It's crazy. I mean, it is a little crazy. Mm. The idea that, that God would send his son to the world to die as a sacrifice, um, you know, for our sins and, you know, that he would raise again and that through that, that we would have life and, you know, all the good news at some level has a little bit of this, um, you know, kind of a, 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 a an air of like this, this doesn't really make sense. And, and actually the Bible talks yeah. about that as if we don't have the Holy Spirit, that it, it, it just is foolishness in some ways. Right. So I, that would be where I would start, but I would say, I think, I think you're absolutely right that we don't talk about this very much in terms of spiritual warfare. But mm -hmm. I would say that there are sort of there are two sides to this. There is, um, you know, there are those who will see the devil around every corner. And yeah. um, and and what I think ends up happening at the extreme end is that we don't um, we don't see our own responsibility or we uh, we somehow, you know, um, you know, sort of over oversimplify things. Um, and mm. and I think that we can get ourselves into trouble. And then on the other side, yep. I think that. Um, we can ignore the spiritual warfare that's going on. And I think that when we do that, we're playing right into um, Satan's hands. I, I believe yep. that, you know, in in, um, you know, in the in this whole spiritual warfare that is happening around us and it, the attacks are custom made. So when we are mm. asking these questions about, you know, whether or not, you know, he even exists or evil exists in this way. Um, you know, we've already gone down a road that, you know, we might be in a place where we're just going to, we're going to miss things and we're going to walk over them and miss them. Right. Yeah. And I think C.S. Lewis, um, his book, the screw tape letters kind of, uh, captures some of these things in a creative way. Uh, and, and I think one of the conversations it's between Wormwood and his like demon commander. So it's like, it's weird letters back and forth between demons and it's fiction definitely. Yeah. But he kind of talks about this at one point that like one of the best ways you can convince or one of the best things you can do to be effective in 
tempting people and, and being yeah. a good demon is convincing people that you don't exist. Yeah. Uh, and that these things aren't real. Yeah. But I do, um, I do want to mention too here, and I, I, I we didn't totally yeah. get into this. you made reference to it a little bit is the sense that, um, yes, you, we, we actually live in a society that in a, in a culture here in the West that has dismissed the spiritual realm because we yeah. focus on what you've talked about already, the, the idea that everything can be reduced to a cause and effect and we can figure everything out. The truth mm. is there are certain things that we can't, you know, put a science behind in terms of like, mm. you know, suffering and all these kinds of things that are, are experiences that you just can't reduce to sort of a scientific formula. Um, yep. And I think that in our culture, we just try to work harder to figure those things out and, you know, talk about, you know, chemistry and being whatever, however it is. Whereas in most yep. cultures, I would actually say or argue most cultures don't have this problem of of thinking mm -hmm. about a spiritual realm and sometimes yeah. i think that we in our own minds we get into this sense where we think that we've figured it all out we're we're the smartest ones on the planet and yeah. the other people will just catch up well maybe our western worldview that reduces everything to a cause and effect might actually be the exception rather than the rule and so the question we have yeah. to ask is okay so how do we actually um you know not uh, there's like you said well I, I think we we talked about this earlier like i mean obviously there's some good things you don't want to be burning witches yeah. but at the same yeah. time it, yeah we, we you can't and and that's that's the key i think a lot of our you know good scientific cause and effect thinking um is based in really good things and and in, uh, kind of reactionary towards some abuses right like burning witches everyone's a witch we should burn them all that obviously is not a great kind of worldview way to live with people way to love people uh but then to say well there's no spiritual powers at work when the bible kind of clearly lays out there are yeah um that that yeah we we need to find that balance and i well I funny think, funny story so i was yeah. talking to um uh, uh actually an author uh, uh this was through um uh, my arrow experience one of our guest speakers was uh was you know a well-known author we've actually had him um come to our church uh and speak as well and uh, in conversations with him, he said that as he was traveling around the world, he remembers one time particularly being in a um, uh, being on in Africa. I can't remember exactly the um, the country that he was in, but he he you know was basically got picked up at the airport, was being taken somewhere uh, by a gentleman, and he you know was in a golf cart, sort of driving across this place. And the person you know he asked the person, "Well, how did you come to know Jesus?" Just wanted to make small talk with the person. And his response was, well, you know, brother Dave, uh, brought, uh, raised me from the dead. And, you know, his, so his simple answer to why he became a Christian hmm. was because his buddy brought him back to life and, you know, he did it through the power of the Holy spirit. So he said, yeah, I'm going to do that too. And so he's now a Christian and it was such a matter okay. of fact yeah. conversation that, you know, yep. that it was remarkable and, and it's, it's easy for us to say, oh, well, you know, with, we pass that off because of, you know, whatever. But all I'm trying to get at is that, you know, around the world, people think differently about the world that we live in. And uh, mm -hmm. sometimes we have to be very, uh, we have to be very aware of our Western culture and the effects that it has on the way that we see the world around us. Yeah, we, we do have, we do have biases and the, uh, our media kind of tells us that we're always right, that our biases yeah. are definitely true. I mean, even now more than ever, right? You can get the media that you want that confirms what you want. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, uh, this is why it's, it's really good to read the Bible and it can be really hard to read the Bible, to read it honestly and to read it, um, in a way that we allow it to transform us as opposed to, 
right. um, reading into it what we want. Yeah. Um, and so, so practically. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, practically. Like, I, 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 yeah. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah, and a question is, say. okay, so what do we what do we do with this kind of information? So let's take it away from Mm -hmm. the conversation going down a rabbit trail and just say that, that I think recognizing it's a spiritual battle on, on Sunday, I mentioned three things. It helps us stay vigilant and focused because you know, when you know your enemy, you stay, you stay on it. You're like, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be engaged. Um, It also helps us focus on prayer. It takes our attention off of, you know, what we're in the middle of. And it reminds us that, hey, this is not just a flesh and blood kind of thing. So I got to start praying and praying for my own faith because I know that, you know, I'm vulnerable right now. And then the last thing is it should give us confidence. It should remind us that, you know, Jesus has already won. And so, you know, whatever we're facing, wherever we are, whether we're in a hospital bed or whether we're at the top of our game and our business or whatever it is, um, we need to recognize that we are more than conquerors in Christ because mm-hmm. of what he did. And so that, I think, sets us our, our minds in a different place. And that's how I would, um, you know, kind of respond to that whole spiritual warfare and what do we do with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and I, I, th- I think... Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. I was going to say, I, at the end of that, I, I moved into this idea of our person, like... Um, you know, how do we invite others into that? That was, I think, you know, where we, you know, into our mm-hmm. pain and into our struggle while we wait. I think the idea of community was a big deal as we went through this. Yeah. And you, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, reaching out or, or thinking about the people who have encouraged us and, and doing community. Obviously, you know, we, we talk a lot about community uh, or we try to, but what does that look like right now? Right? Like, I mean, we're both at home. Uh, yeah. We can't physically go to church together. Um, how do we do community right now, Paul? Well, I think that, I think that on the one hand, uh, you know, it's sometimes we get, you know, we get a little weirded out by the technology for some of us. It depends where, you know, where you are, mm-hmm. what your level of comfort is. Um, but I would say that the technology is a really, really positive thing. You know, I, I can tell you that, you know, I can receive encouraging text messages from people and that is awesome. It just fills me up. Um, you know, we can we can use email and all those kinds of things. We can use Zoom to stay connected to people, friends and family and have good conversations with people and encourage them and love them. Um, we can drop things off on people's doorsteps. We can do so many things even right now. It's not easy, uh, but what we have at our, our disposal, the technology and some of the things within the restrictions, I think there's there's like there's a ton of different ways that we can reach out and establish community in the middle of it. But I would say mm-hmm. that when in the case that we saw here, the Apostle Paul didn't actually go back. Well, we're not sure if he went back uh, to the church in Thessalonica. Uh, but what we do know is that there was a distance between them and he still encouraged them, even though he couldn't be there in person. Um, so the yeah. encouragement fact doesn't require being in person. But I think that you can sense in Paul's voice how badly he wanted to be with them, that he recognized yeah. the value in actually coming together. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's really good. That's uh, right now. uh, I think it's actually important to feel that tension to like want to be together, but also to know like, it's not, it's not really possible at the moment. Yeah. Uh, And we're not encouraging people to break the law. Right. But um, to use technology to, to send a text or an email or call someone or zoom someone or write them a letter, Um, man, to drop off baking, to, you know, drop off a coffee. There's, there's things we can do to encourage each other and to be, uh, to make our presence known and felt. Um, yeah. 
it's funny as I sit here, I'm getting text messages coming into me from, from friends that I've actually been in touch with more in the past year, almost, uh, who are all across the country because you know what, it's just as easy to be in touch with some of those friends and some of them are going through some stuff. And for yeah. me to just reach out to them every couple of days and just to, to say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Um, yeah, there's something really, really good about that. I think. Yeah. Um, and I, and I would say yeah. too, yeah, I, I think that, um, I, I think you're right. I think that, but I, here's what I would say. I think it's easier for us to reach out to other people who are suffering and struggling. Yeah. I think it's as you know, it's easier for us to say, okay, I'm going to go and support that person. I'll make them a dinner. I'll do whatever, all those, there's lots of different ways we can do it. I think where it gets really hard is inviting people into our own mess. And that's, I think maybe the biggest application out of this idea is that rather than just always giving to other people is inviting people into our story. So if, if I'm in pain or if I'm suffering or if I'm hurting, mm-hmm. allowing other people to come into my space like telling people I'm not okay. I'm, I'm struggling right now. And here's why I think that's as much of an application here as Mm. reaching out to others. Um, because I think that we need to, we need to recognize the power of other people in supporting us and actually encouraging our faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Um, so some great applications for this week. Um, in the ways that we think about suffering and in the ways that we think about spiritual warfare. And I encourage you to dig into those, but also in both reaching out to people and encouraging them and reaching out to people and say, Hey, I need some encouragement. I'm going through some stuff. Uh, any, any closing thoughts for us beyond that, Paul? Yeah, just, just the, 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 the simple idea that it seems that our experience of God is somehow dependent on each other And I think that is a sentence and a thought that's been rolling around in my mind for a little while, and perhaps it'll roll around in yours, Um, you know, trying to take this very personal relationship we have with Jesus and reflecting on how it actually matters the way we interact with others and experience Mm. God together. Yeah, I love that. Well, uh, you know, we could keep going, but we're just going to do that next week. Uh, I'm excited to keep digging into the books of Thessalonians. Uh, And please, if you're listening along, pick up those books and read them and send us some questions. There's some uh, fun stuff in there and some challenging stuff and some confusing stuff. We would love to be able to dig in with you and uh, do that. Thanks for listening long to Postscript and we'll be back with more next week.